Strike the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. It's Monday night. It's about 8.30 p.m. here in Los Angeles. That would make it 11.30 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. Oh, well, we just got done watching Florida, Florida State. We're going to get to that in a second. First, sitting across from me, you can find him on the Twitter.com machine, at Tate Frazier. He is the handsome host of GM Street. Um, he, he cheats on me every week with mm. Mike Lombardi, hosts mm. that podcast. What's going on? I don't watch the NFL anymore. What's I, I? But I heard that the Vikings are good. I used to be a Vikings fan, and this is perfect. That like as soon as I get out of the NFL, the Vikings are going to win the. Super I'm a Bowl. polygamous podcast host. I move around. So. And I bounce around. <laughs> I'm basically the Mormon of podcasts. Uh, I will what say I, this: the Vikings are great. So this is too much. This is too much football talk. Make it quick. Go. Yeah, Vikings are all right. Okay, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Greats all right. Uh, yeah, they're doing well. Uh, things are happening. That's too, this is too Stephon much. Stephon Diggs talk. is being Stephon Diggs. Case <laughs> Keenum being Case Keenum. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. That, that makes Do you total get it sense. Now? Do you understand that? Now, now I completely understand it. Uh, my name is Mark Titus. You can find me at Club Trillion if that's your thing on Twitter. Uh, Dot com. Uh, thank you so much to those of you who keep, who keep subscribing, telling your friends, reviewing, um, all that sort of thing. We're having a ton of fun doing these podcasts. We hope you guys are too. Um, I, I, I want to open up the show tape by first explaining mm. something that we feel I don't think we've explained well enough, and that is why your swear words get bleeped out, but mine do not. I love that every show we have to explain something that we, we do. We always have to explain yes. something. And it's and, and someone, the, one of the more, more recent pods, I dropped an F-bomb accidentally. Mm. I didn't mean to. Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Miss Titus um, and Mr. Titus. And, and then, your nice and, retirement and you were, home facility, you, having you, to listen to this filth. And then, you, <laughs> and then you had every swear word of yours bleeped out. So do you want to explain why Why is it that you get bleeped out? I thought it was because you're not 18 yet, and <laughs> and you're not allowed to cuss. Yes. Therefore, uh, like, Finally got my driver's license. Uh, actually, my permit, I should say. Um, no, the reason I do not cuss is because— uh, Well, you do cuss. We just bleep it out. Yeah, we, well, <laughs> I, I swear. I don't curse, you know. Uh, basically, my, you know, where I'm from— Bible Belt, North Carolina, uh, beautiful place. Went to church my whole life. My mom, my dad, mm. everyone in my family listens. Oh, and you, you think my idol me? is Dean Smith. Oh, you think he never cursed, never cussed in his life, ever, ever. And I like to say that I'm the Dean Smith. So of he copied. So a he copied off John Wooden. B, <laughs> do you think you're better than me? Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, is that the exactly. Point you're to? Yes, that's so, what I'm saying. All right. So so the, the, that's not that, that sums it up. That's not as good of a story as I was hoping. But what there, did you there's want? a story, people. I don't know. I, I wanted the story is I don't want to disappoint my mom. I, I, there you go. <laughs> Unlike you, you know who you know who does not care about disappointing their mom. Mick Cronin and J.P. McCurry. Boy, I was gonna say that Let's could go dive. so, <laughs> so <laughs> many different ways. Wow. What was I gonna say there? I don't yeah, know. I I'm glad it ended up where it ended. <laughs> and yes, the Crosstown Shootout, a thing that we discussed on Friday. We tried to say that it was one of the best rivalries, and it's a, a game that you need to watch. I didn't try to say it. I did say it. I said it is the best rivalry in college basketball if you remove all context in the sense that Xavier, if 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 Carolina and Duke are both 0 and 30. I'm not sure I care about the Carolina Duke game. If Cincinnati Xavier are both 0 and 30 and they're playing each other, I'm still watching that game. Because they were going to be fighting for that they're one gonna win. They're going to be fighting. Yes. Yeah. Literally, very, they're going to be literally fighting yes, for that one. It's win. very volatile. I think that's the difference. I mean, North Carolina is a very should we say classy, you know, rivalry where we're like we shake hands and we say I respect you, bro. I respect you, bro. Yeah, I mean, you, you listen you listen to how K, you listen to how coach K and Roy Williams talk about each other and it makes me sick how much they like each other or they pretend to like each other. They probably don't behind closed doors. 
Chris Mack and Mick Cronin don't play that game. Kay loves Roy Williams. I will say that. And that's because he owns him. You know, he beats, yeah. you know, he, like, mm-hmm. besides Tyler Hansbrough, that era, he has a great time against Roy Williams. That's why he likes Roy okay, Williams. Okay. So let's get to the Cincinnati Xavier. Let's get the real <laughs> run right here. Sorry. Sidebar. So uh, we, we said this would be a good game. It was not. Cincinnati, before I could even turn the TV on, because. I, I thought living out on the West Coast would be awesome for the sports viewing thing because it was like you, you the games get over and now I still have a night to myself. That is cool. I always forget about the other part of it, which is... You do not have a morning to I yourself. I do not have a morning to yes. myself. I did not wake up early enough on Saturday to catch the beginning of the Xavier Cincinnati game. So by the time I turned it on, the game was pretty much over. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the game? What happened? Yes, I did watch the game. I was at a... I told you I somehow end up watching this game every single year. I don't know how. It always shows up. I was at a Whole Foods for a book signing with my girlfriend in Pasadena. And what game do they have on? FS1, Xavier taking on Cincinnati. Uh, they basically just blew him out. I mean, Trayvon Blewett was amazing. He was doing the thing where you play at the YMCA and you start putting shots up. and You, you know, you pull your hand down real quick because you know it's going in. The quick already, thing, yeah, yeah, you're already looking at the crowd. Uh, that's pretty much what it was. I mean, they just blew him out, out-rebounded him. Mick Cronin's throwing a fit. Cincinnati, Mick Cronin before the game was like, we haven't played a top 25 team. This team has played uh, Arizona State, played Baylor, had all these you know games to prime them up. And that's what it looked like. Xavier was just ready to play. Yeah, and Cincinnati, Mick, nobody wants to be a tough guy more than Mick Cronin. Yes. Nobody has short man's or little man syndrome, whatever you call it, the Napoleon complex like Mick Cronin. He comes out wearing the all black. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the tie on. He's ready for a fight. He is ready for a fight before the game, during the game, finally gets into the fight after the game. I think that becomes the story. That was the thing that I latched onto because I turned the game on late and then I thought, well, why should I care about this game? That I remembered, oh, yeah, something's going to happen. Something always happens. It always happens in a one sided affair, so I, too. Because yeah. it usually, like, the unsportsmanlike stuff and, comes out even more. And that is Mick Cronin to a T. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati fans, uh, so on the last podcast, I asked Tate to pick a side between UC Xavier. He said he was a UC guy because he likes public schools. I'm smart enough to not pick a side because I live in Ohio and mm-hmm. I. Or, you know, I, I, you don't want to get your house vandalized right. by all these Xavier fans I do not or whatever happens. To, yeah. I do not want to die when I eventually return to Ohio. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just not going to pick a side. But objectively, we need to say that Mick Cronin is a very sore loser. And this is – if there was one person that this was going to happen to, it would be Mick Cronin. That's mm-hmm. just – and if you're a Cincinnati fan, maybe you rally behind that and you're like, that's all right. I like my guy that he cares that much. I don't know. There's a way you can spin this into a positive thing. But – we're still going to make fun of him here, and we're going to go over... And we have to talk about the spin. Like, th- this is a whole rivalry, and especially the post-game that's about spin, because you get yes. the you get the, the Mick Cronin take on how things played out against J.P. McCurra, and then you get the Chris Mack way so of how things played out. Let's, um, I'm going to provide the context. This is, again, speculation maybe, maybe uh, this hearsay, whatever the word you want to say. This is what I gathered from my journalistic pursuits so to speak, and mm-hmm. by that I mean I just kind of like browsed Twitter and saw what people were saying about it, and this is this is what I could deduce from what happened. For those of you who missed what happened at the end of the Cincinnati Xavier game, apparently J.P. Mercura, who formerly known the artist formerly known as J.P. Sleeves, formerly known as J.P. Sleeves, no sleeves. Um, I mean this in an endearing way, kind of a shithead, kind of a shithead in a good way. Like he he's the the best way I think I could describe him, maybe the Baker Mayfield. Of college basketball, like he's kind of like stirring shit up, and you don't know is Baker it crossing Mayfield the line. Wishes he could be like J.P. McCurry. I don't mean talent wise. I mean you know just kind of the way where he's. 
But I don't know if J.P. McCurry ever apologizes. Baker Mayfield does it. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. Baker Mayfield is trying to be a role model. J.P. McCurry yeah. has no ifs or buts about it. Yeah. Yes, he does not want to do that. J.P. McCurry is the guy who I think last summer, so a little over a year ago, about a year and a half ago. Got arrested. Got arrested for using a fake ID yes. when he was underage and then mooned somebody in the bar. And, <laughs> and he we got arrested should, for pulled his pants down. And he got charged two separate things. And every single response from the Cincinnati fans, like he tweeted something after the game like, you know, basically, sorry, not sorry, we beat your, you know, yeah. what, about uh, Cincinnati. And every single response from Cincinnati fans was his mugshot. Yeah. And he was favoriting them all. He was, yeah. <laughs> like, his, he leans in hard. His statement after he got arrested, I'll never forget this. I, I read it after he got arrested. His statement said, and I quote, oh, I'm sorry, I thought this was America. <laughs> uh, I made that up. I'm so, sorry. Uh, so here's the context of what happens. Apparently, J.P. Sleeves, mm-hmm. formerly J.P. Sleeves, J.P. No Sleeves now, tells Mick Cronin, and I, I, I don't want to do this. Apologize, Mom. I'm trying to get this swearing out of me. This is, this is me quoting. He says, fuck off to Mick Cronin three or four times. So because of that, when the handshake line comes, Mick Cronin snubs Makura. He just doesn't shake his hand. And, mm-hmm. and he, my guess is he makes it obvious. He's shaking everyone else's hand. He gets to Makura, skips him, doesn't shake his hand. So Makura tells Cronin, and I quote, suck my dick. For the kids, SMD. SMD. Uh, Cronin comes back. Cronin hears this, turns around, comes back, and tries to, and that's when he has to be, he does a hold me back thing. Um, that's and, the video that got leaked. It yeah. was basically Mick Cronin. This is once he's already gotten through the line. He is running back to the line with the classic hold me back. You and know, what he I saw, he, he was saying, do you want a piece of me, motherfucker? Yes. So again, yes. I'm sorry for the foul language. I try not to swear. I'm I'm not quite on Tate's level, but I'm trying not to use language like that in a potty mouth. Um, <laughs> but that's that's what happened, and so that leads to allegedly. That leads to these brilliant comments from Mick Cronin and Chris Mack in the the post game press conference. Yeah, I've never had a kid tell me to f off three times before, and during who, the game and after the game. You know who that? it was. Same guy at all is every game. Did you guys? Fifteen years I've been a head coach. Okay, five years with hugs, two with Coach Patino. I've never seen anything like it. Will you guys talk afterwards or talk again? There's nothing to talk about. Where I come from, there's nothing to talk about. And if he was playing for me, he wouldn't play. He wouldn't play for me. Mick Cronin, there's nothing to talk about. Where I come from, there's nothing to talk about. And we should say... Titus, he comes from Cincinnati. This so, is my... so, so if anyone will understand where he comes from, it would be all those reporters in the room who most likely live in Cincinnati. I'm glad you caught that because this was my favorite part of the comments was that <laughs> he's explaining to a, field, a room of Cincinnati people after just playing a Cincinnati team as the coach of Cincinnati, where I come from, mm. this is how we think. That was cool. Um this was in character for Mick Cronin. Yes. So I and he got to the podium podium first. So he goes from I'm running back to yell at JP McCurry, you want a piece of me, to straight to the media room to this moment, and he's ready to go. And he's like, you know who it is. So yeah. it, it's implicit that we all know it's McCurry. He's already had problems with him before. He wants this moment to be the case because let's be honest, he just got blown out in this big rivalry game. The best way to spin this thing is they have a classless player on their team, and we're Cincinnati, and I would never put up with such an act. But here's the thing. As it turns out, mm. according to Chris Mack, Mick Cronin would put up with such a thing. Let's take a listen. I know one thing. The narrative is not going to be J.P. McCura and Mick Cronin. It's not going to be the narrative. 
because there are two sides to the story. There are two sides to the story. There was a reason that their coach was issued a technical in the game. There's a reason for that. I know that reason because the official told me what happened. So I'm not going to have the, the narrative be anything other than us playing better than Cincinnati and beating Cincinnati today. Beating. As far as he would never play on my team, I'm going to go back to 2009 and 2010 when I was the head coach and Lance Stevenson in front of me, right in front of me, called me the N-word three times and said, F you. After the game, guess what I did? I shook his hand. I shook his hand. That's it. That's it. There is no narrative. There is no narrative. We won. There is no narrative, Mark Titus. I became a huge Chris Mack fan after this. Mm -hmm. He handled this absolutely perfectly. Um, Just like any Skip Prosser disciple would. Love yeah, Chris Mack. So Chris Mack, uh, he, he defends his guy. He doesn't necessarily call out Cronin. I didn't think he was like very confrontational towards Cronin necessarily. It was more of just a defensive. He went high. Yeah. Cronin, Cronin went for a low blow, basically being like, this kid is a bad kid, and he's a bad egg, and he's representing your program. And Chris Mack was like, but, I'm bigger than this. But he didn't go too high. That's no. the thing. That's the no. other move. Is like a lot of coaches would have just said, "I don't want to be involved in this." Uh, all I know is our our kids played hard tonight and we got the win, and they would just leave it at that. So he still defends his guy, but and, and I know Cincinnati fans probably thought Chris Mack sounded, you know, he, he his comments were uncalled for. I like the second or, beat. You know, well, like he takes yeah. a second. It was like and beat Cincinnati today, and then goes beat. beat. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, just yeah. like the Drives second to, to make sure that you know. But this was it was in character for both coaches. I don't think I have a problem with Cronin saying what he did. I, I think this was in, this is very much in character for him. Um, nothing he said was particularly bad because I I think the the way you look at what happened and your first gut reaction is Cronin is an adult and JP Sleeves is a kid mm-hmm. and it's not right for an adult to yell at a kid and that, there's probably a little truth to that. But he's not a kid. JP yeah. Sleeves he's pulling he his asshole. He's, <laughs> he's pulling his asshole out of bars. Like this kid knows what he's doing. He knows what he's saying. Tell people to SSD. I mean, this isn't. I don't know. It's not like you, you don't. This isn't an eighth grade basketball game. So yeah. I don't. I don't really have a problem with Cronin. He, ideally, he would have handled it better, but he didn't. And I don't think he really needs to apologize because that's who he is. And like that's. That's why Cincinnati fans probably love him. That's why this, we love this rivalry is because these coaches are the way they are, and you know Chris Mack's going to defend his guy. You know Mick Cronin is going to be be doing Mick Cronin things and getting red in the face and being really mad that he's five five and and they yeah. and they fit the personalities of the school so well because I mean there's like a more well reserved yes. Xavier vibe to it than a Cincinnati like I'm in your face abrasive. You know yes. that's just kind of how well, they, that's, that's that's who they are. That's, that's the how name they of the rivalry. Xavier fans feel like that. That's that's kind of the the way every public versus private school. Like the the private schools were the classy people. Mm-hmm. You thought like especially was bad when Huggins was getting like JUCO guys at Cincinnati and you oh. had the the Bob Thuggins thing going or UC and you know so. Um, I don't know. I, 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 but this is. I, I love this. Obviously, we love this. This is, this is UC Xavier, and I never want it to change. And and I know that Xavier fans and Cincinnati fans are going to be bitching at about like who started this, who was right. But at the end of the day, both fan bases know that they love that this happens because this is just further proof that this is the best rivalry. When you remove all context, this is the best rivalry in college basketball. And you know what the greatest thing about this, and we haven't even touched on it, deflection. So you get blown out. You come yes. in, you deflect to J.P. Makura. 
Okay, you have to respond to JP McCure getting called out for saying you know offensive things to the other coach. You deflect to Born Ready, Lincoln High School Zone, Lance Stevenson, and I pulled up this article from 2009 because I wanted to see if. In fact, this did happen if it did get reported, if Chris Mack said anything. So Chris Mack always said was uh, something happened on the court, and they asked Lance Stevenson after the game. He said, I don't remember, and I quote, I don't remember that play. And then they followed up. Coach Mack remembered it. And then Stevenson said, what did he say? And then that you were talking to him, the Xavier players heard you too. And he doubles down, says, I don't remember that. I don't even know him. <laughs> that is Class A Lance Stevenson. Good to hear. I'm glad that it got brought up. And I will say this. The fact that we come out of this whole situation and Lance Stevenson is part of the controversy, that's good for the rivalry. When, Bring when, up a classy, uh, a classic player in the rivalry. Tate, this happens every single year in this rivalry. When I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to degrade Carolina Duke. I'm genuinely curious. When's like the last time there was a fight? Gerald Henderson, Tyler Gerald Hansborough. Hen- yeah, yeah, and that wasn't even a fight. Like, Hansborough... Just started walking away and tried to like pose and flex his muscles to have his bloody face. And, he was like, still so shocked that yeah. he just got elbowed and and the guy was still going to be in the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now they're friends. It's, it's incredible. It's disgusting. Uh, another note from this game. I don't know. I don't know if you noticed this. The AP poll came out today. Xavier went from twenty first to thirteenth, which was a little too high. Wow. We don't. We don't want that. Eight we don't spots. want Xavier. We don't want Xavier because they beat Baylor as well. So mm. they have the Baylor bump and the UC Scott bump. Drew bump. Uh, Cincinnati fell from eleventh to seventeenth. So now Xavier's thirteenth and Cincinnati seventeenth. In a perfect world, Xavier would have been about sixteenth, Cincinnati about eighteenth. We talk about this all the time. That's yeah, about we're, where those we're one belong. Xavier slip up from a sixteen seventeen, uh, right where they belong, sweet spot. Yeah. Speaking it's, of sweet spots, Titus. I want to talk to you about a sweet sip. I do too, Tate. Uh, so today's episode of One Shining Podcast brought to you by Arizona Iced Tea. You and I are both drinking our Arizona Iced Teas right now. Let me just I take a the, big little swig of that. I got the uh, straw, the Jack Nicholas mm. Golden Bear Lemonade with Strawberry. What iced, do you got? Iced tea with lemon flavor. Nothing like a classic Arizona tea. Arizona Iced Tea is America's number one iced tea. Since 1992, Arizona Iced Tea has been manufactured, produced, and canned here at home in the heart of Arizona. New York City. Whether your drink of choice is the Arnold Palmer Light, the Mango Lime Ricky, the Jolton mm. Joe Espresso, or the all-new pineapple coconut flavored sparkling water with minerals, there's peace of mind in knowing that a big can of Arizona will always be just 99 cents. And now for the entire month of December, Arizona Iced Tea will be sending one lucky listener per week a buy one, get one regular price coupon. Just go to ArizonaIcedTea.com slash teed up and enter promo code. That's one, teed up, folks. One Shining Podcast to register. That's ArizonaIcedTea.com slash teed up with promo code bring back teed up. Arizona Iced Tea, drop the tea bag. Drop that bag. Better have some tea Speaking in it. Speaking of dropping the bag, let's go to everyone's favorite segment here on One Shining Podcast. Yes. The good guy, bad guy of the week. Sorry, um, I'm just... 23 yeah, ounces of just golden swigs. I'm just drenched in Arizona sweet tea right now. God. <laughs> <laughs> Good guy, bad guy, Tate. Do we need to explain this again? I don't think we do. We explain this too much. I'm, you know what? New rule of the podcast. We're not explaining anything. Just Google just it. Just figure it out. Just figure it just out. Just figure it out. You'll know. You'll figure out good guy, bad guy. So do you want to go first with your good guy of the week? Or should I go first? You should go first. I don't want to go first. My, Too much pressure. My good guy of the week is uh, Greg Gard, who has been a very good guy this season. Mm. Uh, Wisconsin currently sits at 4-5. and five. Tonight they beat Penn State by one. Uh, Penn State had a shot to beat them, kind of blew it in the end. That's a typical Penn State move. Uh, 
I'll never forget in 07, back when I was a, uh, a walk-on on the Ohio State basketball team. Have I told you about the time I was a walk-on basketball player while you were uh, being a nerd and getting B-minuses in your African-American sham classes? Because no. I played I played <laughs> basketball for Ohio State and won two Big Ten titles and went to the Final Four. I don't know if I talked about that on the podcast before. Uh, never we, heard of it. Penn, Penn State had a shot to beat us at the buzzer against like the number one team in the country, and they missed it. Um, so that's, that's kind of the Penn State thing. They Anyway, Wisconsin Are we lost. sure that's their thing? Are we, it's kind of their thing. They get close and then blow it in the end. No, I'm just saying Penn State. Are we oh, sure? Are we sure that's the no, Penn I'm State kidding. thing? I'm yeah. kidding, Penn yeah. State. Uh, so Wisconsin lost 5 of 6 heading into this. Um, we had tagged Wisconsin coming into the season as one of the 25 most intriguing teams because of Ethan Happ, who, let's just Ooh. say it, not having the greatest year. Um, I haven't been happy with Happ. Yeah, he uh, not having the greatest year. I don't know if it's totally his fault. I feel like it was partially what happened last year was people – kind of overvalued the fact that everyone was keying on Bronson Koenig and, and Nigel, Nigel Hayes, Hayes and yes. Hap was just kind of getting in where he fit in and was putting up huge numbers. And the, now that he's the focal point, kind of too much to ask. People very, that's happened a lot. Of, there's a lot of these players that we had preseason. I kind of joked about this on Friday, trying to call out some of these guys that we had. National Player of the Year, we just put them on the list because it's like, oh, you were the second or third option on this great team, and now you're the guy. You're just going to take that leap. Sometimes when you're the number one option, it just doesn't work out that way. Yeah, so Wisconsin, uh, they've— Scouting reports are tough. They're in jeopardy of of blowing their top four in the Big Ten streak. Yep. They're in jeopardy of missing the NCAA tournament. Greg Gard— has been a a very very good guy. Uh, I I don't want to say it's it's time to talk about you know wondering if he's if he's the right man for the job, Tate. But I do know this: he's a great man. He's a good guy and a great citizen of Madison, Wisconsin. Who's your Who's your pick? We're 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 splitting them up, by the way. Tate and I we in in talking about this every week, we find that we differ on a lot of these things. And instead of arguing over what our pick should be, I just decided we should just have our own picks. So. Here's my pick, Mike White, and I know that you're thinking. Hold on, hold on, Mike. <laughs> hold on. So you're picking Mike White, who? Yep. Yes. Who is, has, has his team ranked fifth in the country, coming off the Elite Eight? Hey, I'm going to change that to had. That is true. They had. did just get smoked. Yes. We just watched Florida State blow out Florida. We haven't mentioned this yet. Florida State came into this game. They were undefeated. They were very upset that they were undefeated and not ranked in the top 25. They go into Florida. They have this perfect opportunity. And sometimes when people are upset, you know, they just let it get to them and they don't perform to the full level. Terrence Mann, a guy that I talked really bad on, if you listen to Teed Up, RIP Teed Up, uh, drop the tea bag. obviously remember that. Uh, it was a man, and I know his name is Mann, that, I, that you're, I picked on. You're you know? trying to think of the best pun there. No, I was just trying to think about like what I should say about Terrence Mann because I was so mean to him last year because he had Isaac Bacon, Rattan Mays, and the guy just shot all the time. Mm-hmm. And in this game against Florida, I, before the game, I'm like, Terrence Mann is just going to throw up a bunch, chuck up a bunch of shots. And Florida's, he did. Florida's going to blow him out. Turns out he made those shots, Titus. And when you make shots, when you, you win sh- games. And that's why Mike's, Mike White is my good guy of the week. And it, it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm still upset that he lost to Duke. No, here's, here's, here's why Mike White is. I'm going to explain this to, to listeners who haven't connected the dots yet. Mike White is going to be coaching at Duke in 10 years. <sighs> Mike White, so Mike Krzyzewski is going to retire. Capel's going to get the job. Capel's going to suck. First off, he's Coach K's not retiring. He's dying he's, on the sideline. Capel's going to get fired. And With then Mike White, whose father, whose father is athletic director of Duke, is going to get Kevin the job. Kevin White, yes. So I'm, I'm seeing right through this bullshit with you, Tate. You are just getting ahead of the story and hating Mike White now. So that way, when he becomes Duke's coach, you can point back to this moment in time right here and say, 
I've always been on Mike Weiss' case. I've I haven't liked him since 2017 when yeah. since the teed up days. Since the teed up days, <laughs> all the way back then. I remember you guys. Uh, so yeah, Florida did Florida did get smoked tonight. As it turns out, basing your entire strategy on just kind of a run and gun jump shooting thing in college isn't necessarily sustainable. This mm. was my fear. I, I said this in all seriousness after the, the Duke loss, after we watched Florida in the PK-80, and like everyone comes out of the PK-80 saying Florida is the most exciting team. This is this, And I said to you, this is UCLA this year's this year, UCLA. Yeah. Yep. Um, because exciting teams are exciting, but do exciting teams always win? And sometimes you have to make shots. Florida did not make shots. They got destroyed on the boards tonight, mm-hmm. and they were not hitting shots. Offensive rebounds for Florida State. I think it also just showed that Florida State is the ACC. I mean, I joke about you know being an ACC homer all the time. They have five teams in the top 15. Florida State was, wasn't even ranked going to this game. They're going to be ranked now, obviously. Yeah. I don't know how high they should be ranked. I mean, I know one game It's really shouldn't. hard to tell because yeah. they're undefeated. That's, that's what makes preseason ranking so weird. Because yeah. if you really want to I, – I guarantee you this next poll – I guess I don't want to guarantee you, but I feel like Florida is still going to be ranked higher than Florida State. Well, see, and Florida will probably be 9. Yeah, like and that, Florida State nine. will be like 17. And mm-hmm. it, it makes no damn sense because Florida State is undefeated and just beat the hell out of Florida on their home floor. It's, I don't get it. It's sort of like Notre Dame being three spots behind Wichita State, even though we watched them play each other yeah, and Notre Dame beat the them. So if I'm Florida, you know, don't matter. You, know, you know what? I, you know what? I, I'm going to justify this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull out. This is a good game for Florida to pull out the old bad matchup excuse. I've yes. talked about this before. That sometimes with these games, this is the equivalent of the uh, um, what the coaches do is they say that they just throw the film away. We're just like we're just going to throw the film away for this one. We're not even going to watch it. This one doesn't count. We were so bad. That might be more of a football move. Where it's you're very just like, counterintuitive because if you get blown out, you would probably want to watch it. Yeah. But that's what the like, coach what says. Wrong. So what the media would say, the way to spin it, if you're a media member, so like if you're a Florida homer and you're really upset, you just say it's a bad matchup. You're mm-hmm. just like, listen, we still have a great team. We just ran into a bad matchup. Or you, you do the missed shots thing. That's a that's another good one. Yeah. Hudson's like, not making shots tonight. You do the, my, da- my dad loves doing this, by the way. You go, uh, you, you do the numbers where you're like, let's see here. We lost by, we lost by 15. So if we make three more threes yeah. and they miss three more threes, we win the game. Yeah. Same That's game. All, we missed seven game. free throws, all Titus. We, yeah. Are you kidding me? All we had to do was make shot, make a couple more shots. They miss a couple shots. We're talking a different ball game here. And then, and then if all else fails, Tate, you just throw your hands up and you say, "Listen, it's basketball. It's basketball. It's a game of chance. No one, no one knows what's going to happen. It's basketball." And then, and then everyone's like, "Oh yeah, it's a good point. I didn't think about that. It is God. basketball. These guys are legends." So your good guys, Mike White. I, th- yeah. I feel like that's premature. Uh, it, but it, and it's honestly because I didn't have like there's no one that really stood out to me as a good guy. Like, there's no one that's like you know on the pole. And I what just about, watched. What about Andy Infield? USC is low key sliding. They get they get blown out by Texas A and M. He, he gets an honorable mention. But for let me. me just tell you this: if Andy Infield gets fired from USC, nobody's right, and he's a good guy. That's true. And that's yeah, why no they, there's a, there's a certain class of guys that can't be good guys when the FBI's around. That's true. Uh, so how about bad guy? Bad guy is Mike Dunleavy, senior. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, my God. Mike Dunleavy still has a coaching job? Why won't that guy just finally go away? We've seen so much of Mike Dunleavy, senior. How is he still around? Well, folks, he's in New Orleans. He's at Tulane. And he's still coaching basketball. Wait, what? Wait, what? Yes. He is still coaching basketball somehow, somewhere. He has now co-opted the color. This is the whole reason. He's co-opted the color of Carolina Blue. He has these freakish athletes on his team. This guy, Frazier uh, third on his team had one of the most ridiculous dunks I've ever seen. And then I find out he's a six foot five. Like, Draft Express has this whole profile on him, but he was the best mm. prospect in the game. And I'm... This is his second year at Tulane. All these articles before the Carolina game are like, Tulane's really turned the whole program around. Yeah, because 
they were they were all, they were like the worst program in the country not that long ago. And uh, Mark Tennis, I'm just going to throw this to you. What is Tulane? It's a private university. You don't oh. even have to answer. And mm. you know what you can do with private universities? Oh, I know exactly what you can do. You can do the Duke basketball way, which is... Dropping the bag. Drop a bag. And the man's dropping bags, obviously. Uh, he's got some nice suits on. He looks very happy. He said he just loves the game. That's why he's back. Does he still have the greasy hair? He's got like... Oh, no. He's completely... He's gone. He just... Oh, okay. He went, he went shaved. The one thing I remember about Mike Dunleavy was that he was basically bald, and he had like six hairs on his head, yet he still found a way to make those six hairs look really greasy. Oh, that's, is, that's is, also is that the fair? Duke way. Is that, is that a fair uh, assessment? Absolutely. You pull, you're pulling up a picture no, of him? No, I'm pulling up a picture of him. Let me see it. Let me see This it. is the old Mike Dunleavy. Yes, he had, yeah, he has he literally like, three hairs he like on the top of his head. Back. You're like, what are you doing, Mike? Just yeah, Donald <laughs> Sterling fired him because he wouldn't wear a wig. Uh, <laughs> this is Mike Dunleavy Sr. now. Oh, oh, he's ooh, fully bald. Uh, I, in a weird way, I think I like the slick back guy better. I I agree, but I will say this about Mike that's Dunleavy like, Senior. I do like the Dunleavy. Is that pinstripe suit? Oh, that's the mark of a bad guy. That is the mark of a bad guy. The pinstripe. What, suit. How do you feel about this? Like, there's a lot of guys like Dana Holgerson. I remember this at West Virginia. He went to West Virginia, but he had this whole Johnny Cash mentality where like I wear black, so he doesn't mm. wear the school colors. I don't you know, like what it. I, you know, like Dunleavy doesn't wear green. He wears blue suits, and then he says it's because of the wave. And it's, it's like, ridiculous. No, Mike Dunleavy Sr., I don't care where you coach. I don't care where you played. Yeah, you I don't got, care if you coach Zach Randall in the Clippers, Randolph in the Clippers. I don't care. Stop he, telling me. That was an excuse he came up with at the moment. Like when someone, As soon as someone asked him, he was like, uh, 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 because of waves. Yeah, that's why. I don't like it. I don't Pin, like it. Pinstripes are the mark, yeah, of a of a bad guy, and the and the little pocket handkerchief. If if your if your basketball coach has that, there there are three giveaways. I'm 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 working my way through this. If he has the slick back hair, so th- the more product he puts in his hair, the more of a bad guy he is. What do you show him? Oh, <laughs> Tate's showing me a Ugh. picture of Mike Senior and Mike Junior hugging or something. <laughs> <laughs> hugging would be a, the kind word. That looks disgusting. So here 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 are the here are the tells that your coach is a bad guy. If if he wear, has the slick back hair, the more the more product in his hair, the more of a bad guy he is. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Lavin. Let me just tell you this: if there is was anyone kind of the that I would love to be our third co-host, it would be Steve Lavin. Steve Lavin. If you're out there, Steve, we love Steve Lavin. But let's be honest: he he was the prototypical. He had the look of the bad guy. Uh, the Steve pin- Lavin's a guy that's like, I got a 2007 Camry, fully loaded, ready to sell you on the lot, and you're like, I I'm convinced I'm going to have to buy this car, or I'm mm-hmm. never going to be able to leave. The pinstripes, give it away as well, and then mm-hmm. the, the handkerchief in the pocket, because you don't need that if you're a basketball coach. We don't need that out there. And anyone that's going to quote Michael Corleone at any point, and I feel like that's where we're at. With Mike Dunleavy or Steve Lavin, yeah. someone I just thought someone some Villanova fan is going to call me out for that and say, "Well, what about Jay Wright? He's he's well dressed." But but what the thing about Jay Wright's hair is that it's not completely it's uh-uh. pushed up. It's pu- yeah. Pushed up is like I'm thinking about dropping the bag, yeah, but I don't have to because right. I get good kids. Right. My bad guy is uh, Mark Few of Gonzaga. Now I'm gonna have to explain. This a is a bit. controversial pick, folks. This is a little controversial. Mark Few uh, picking so, on the mid majors, Mark Titus. Gonzaga's doing just a little too well for my liking. That's the problem. Gonzaga, we have we have neglected to talk about Gonzaga. This is I'm going to spin this and say that this is actually a compliment to say that he's a bad guy. But you kind of start connecting some dots here, Tate. Mm. He's the only guy that's getting all these foreign recruits. You got Killian Tilly, who I watched this man play basketball last year. He was not good. 
I'm watching this man play basketball this year. He's very good. I'm not really sure what happened. I'm not really sure how Mark Few continues to find these guys. I know that me saying I'm not really sure how he finds these guys is triggering Gonzaga fans to want to explain to me how he finds these mm. guys. Please understand, I don't actually care. I don't want to know. Um, it's more fun to be ignorant and just throw my hands up and, and claim claim some sort of heinous stuff is going on. But Gonzaga's a little too good for my liking. I, I watched the Creighton game on Friday, this past Friday. They beat Creighton 91-74. to Creighton has a pretty good team. Uh, Kyrie Thomas completely swallows up Josh Perkins, Gonzaga's, mm-hmm. who I feel like is Gonzaga's best player. Um, and Killian Tilly just comes out of nowhere, has a huge game. Great defender, the, by the way. The one kid, Norvell, was that his name? The, mm-hmm. uh, uh, he was like the player of the game, was hitting everything. Zach Norvell. S- yeah. yeah. Uh, Silas Melson had the game of his life. Mm-hmm. Williams is like, I, I swear to God, I saw Williams take two shots with his right hand, which is just insane <laughs> to me. Like that, That's two more shots than he's ever taken in his mm-hmm. life with his right hand. Gonzaga's just a little too good for my liking, and and I you know, I I'm gonna I'm gonna call it Mark Few for dropping some sort of bag somewhere to make this happen. My question to you is, what happens if Collins comes back? Because I'm watching this Gonzaga mm. team, and I see Tilly, and I see Williams, and like everyone in the post, and then you obviously you know with Melson Perkins. I don't know. Their whole team seems stacked, and if they had Zach Collins and they had Tilly off the bench, it's like that team is a title contender, right? Yeah, I mean, they my, might be. And, and, and the sad part about it, if you don't keep up with the NBA, like it's fine. I understand. You know, I'm not expecting you to. This is a college basketball centric podcast. He's stashed. Like Zach Collins isn't yeah. playing on the trail. I know he was the tenth pick and he got paid and everything. I wish that there was some sort of reclaim. Like if you're not going to play the guy, and you're going to send him to the G League. He could just come back and play. The, That's impossible. But man, what's really tough about nice. the Zach Collins situation was he didn't start at Gonzaga. He played behind Karnowski. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy that people point to. It's basically him and Marvin Williams are the two now yes. of the guys who didn't start on their teams but got drafted in the lottery. And NBA fans are just going to point at him and say, this guy's a bum. How, if he's really that good, why did he not start on his college team? And the answer is these situations arise in college that would never in a million years happen in NBA where sometimes the best player doesn't start because the senior is more of, of a leader and et cetera, et cetera. And that would never happen in the NBA where it's like, well, we're going to start this 38-year-old because he's more of a leader. We're going to start him over the 21-year-old who's trying to find his The only way that happens is if his name's Andre Miller. Yeah, right. They'll start Andre Miller no matter what. And like Jameer Nelson is the new Andre Miller. They're just like, we'll just put him out there. We'll see what happens. Yeah, if Collins came back, Gonzaga would be— I mean, the the thing is they already have a really good team. Perkins is better than I remember because Williams-Goss kind of ran the show last year. Like Perkins was always the sidekick. Melson was always the sidekick. And it was Williams Goss was the guy last year. Perkins is the one that put Gonzaga up in the game. He had 13 points in the first half against Carolina. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I was like, this guy is the new Phil Booth. How do we stop him? And then he just, thank God, Williams Goss was like, it's my game. Yeah. Time to take over. Yeah, that's kind of the hot take of, of the title game is what would have happened when Williams Goss, he rolled his ankle, right? Mm-hmm. If when he rolled his ankle, he just sat the rest of the game out and Perkins like ran the show. Hmm. Or what, how about this? What would have happened if uh, maybe if Zach, came in? If if the refs wouldn't call a foul on Zach Collins every time he farted on a Carolina player, and they like were hit, assigning him flagrant fouls and I, fouled I, him out of the game in ten minutes of play, I just can't believe he hacked so much. What if what if what if maybe that if happened? he started, he'd learn how to play defense. So Mark Few, my bad guy of the week. Uh, <laughs> his only loss on the season at the time um, when it happened, and and it might not even be that bad now, but at the time, his only loss is a, a double overtime loss to Florida, which seemed like a really about... It was a great game. An hour before we recorded this, that was 
that was really, really good that that was the only loss you have as a double overtime in Florida. Now mm-hmm. that Florida just got destroyed by Florida State. But Florida State's going to shock some people, I think. Yeah, yeah. So. I just want to say, we, the whole point you brought up the bag, it's like you got this freshman from France, who I haven't seen yet, Joe Ayayi. Not Ajayi, Ayayi. Uh, they have a guy from Japan, Rui Hachimuri, who's a sophomore. They have, obviously, we mentioned Killian Tilly, but... They're going all over the place. Yeah, this is their thing. They get the like they're getting kids from Simeon. Yeah, they had the, they had the Canadian pipeline for a while. They have uh, St. Mary's gets the Australia. That's why no one cares about St. Mary's Gonzaga beyond the the reason that they're both small schools on the West Coast. But Larson's it's like, from Denmark. Yeah, it, this is like the this is like the world. This is like the FIBA U twenty one tournament when St. Mary's plays Gonzaga. That's why that's another reason people don't really care. But yeah, Gonzaga, I don't understand it. At least St. Mary's like they get the they got the Australian thing. So like theoretically, there's just one coach down in Australia. That they build a relationship with, but what the hell is going on with Gonzaga? My question to you is like, when you're recruiting a kid in Bordeaux, France, and you're going up to him, and he's like, "What does it look like in <laughs> in Washington?" And you're like, showing him pictures of New York City, and all, and then and then you take him to Spokane, and they're like, yeah. "You're playing basketball. No, this is what it is." I, you know, I, are they excited? Like, I don't. I don't think that's how it goes. I think the kid goes, "What does it look like in Spokane?" <laughs> And the coach just doesn't say anything. He's Dro- like, I don't know. I've never looked. He drops the duffel bag and just walks away. Says, I'll call you tomorrow. He says it looks pretty green to me. Yeah, it looks green. <laughs> hey um, So, yeah, uh, what other games do we need to talk about? Uh, Wichita State, Baylor. Did you watch that one? You said you said on this podcast, and I quote, Wichita State, I am done. You are a bunch of bums. Don't bother me with your bullshit. These are all quotes, folks. Don't bother me with your bullshit basketball team again. Feel I never, free to pull them. I never want to see them play basketball again. <laughs> But Did, I didn't say that about Scott Drew because I always want to see him right. coach. I watched the uh, I probably I probably watched like the last eight minutes of the second half. I didn't get watched mm. the whole game. Uh, it was a good win for Wichita, obviously. So, I, I just I'm I'm not sold on Wichita no, as a, as a title contender, and, and it has nothing to do with this Baylor game. I think it was a great win for them. It was a quality win. It's going to help them with seeding. I like that up. they play these games. I'm going to back you up on this. Uh, I actually like Wichita's team, but I think the the branding of Wichita State is way off on this team. And they pretend like they're still the play-angry team, the Van Vliet and Ron Baker mm-hmm. and, like, the Clea Anthony or th- that That era, that of, era which, of guys. The, the original era, yeah. That, this isn't that, like, they, when I'm watching these guys play Baylor, like, they don't, play, they don't have, like, the angry edge, which is not, like, a bad thing, but... It's just this isn't this isn't that they just have like a good basketball team. I don't know how else to explain it. Like Shamet is a good player, Shamet. I mean, um, Connor. I'm Fl- Landry Shamet. Condry, uh, Connor Frankamp was hitting shots. That was awesome. He's mm-hmm. good when he makes threes. Not so much when he doesn't make threes, but he's he's hitting shots. Shaq Morris is a, a good player. They got like good players on the team, but then they like try to package it as this underdog playing angry. We're just tougher. We out tough people. We we're so tough that we make up words like out tough. And instead of just saying we're tougher, we say out tough. And you don't need all that. Just say, like, we play good basketball. We have Shamit, who's a really good player and one of the best point guards in the country. We have Fran Camp, who can get hot and light people up. And there was a moment in the Baylor game where Fran Camp got open and you heard the Baylor fringe groan before he shot it. That's mm-hmm. that's how on fire he was. That's how you know it was like he was feeling it. I'll buy in when Fran Camp comes to practice. He has hair plugs. <laughs> he's got full he's gone full OBJ hair. And then I'll be like, man, I don't know. Watch out for Fran Camp. That's yeah. going to be a run. But Wichita State doesn't need – I mean, 
I, I don't. They don't need us to back them. They're getting all the publicity. The, yeah. Yeah. If they were ranked number twenty four in the country, and we were watching these guys, and we were like, these guys are a legitimate team. They need to be in the top fifteen. Then that's a different argument. I'm just saying, for whatever reason, they are sunk in the sand in the top ten, no matter what happens. I'm sick of this song and dance of just like. They're pretending that they're. You, you, they just have a good basketball team. Guy. Now that you're yeah. now that you're in the American, you're no longer the little guy. That's yes. fine. You're a good basketball team. You're going to prove it over the course of the season. But they don't play angry. They they weren't they weren't like initiating the. De- they weren't being aggressive on defense and like getting in Baylor's face defensively, like and and kind of getting physical and. In the, the, in the, you don't have the feeling of like, oh my God, we're playing against Wichita State. This is this is intimidating. You don't get. I don't think you get that when you play this team. But they who's are the good. best basketball team in Kansas? That's the question because that, that's what I hear. Everyone's like, yeah. Wichita is. If we're talking about Wichita is the best team in the country, tell me that they're the best team in the they're state. They're not better than Kansas. Exactly. So no. like, stop telling me they're the best team in the they're country. Than, I don't think they're like. Better I, than I feel like that's the cool pick when we do all these pundits and we do these roundtables on any channel. It's like, who do you think has a real chance? It's like, so, don't sleep on Wichita State. It's like, well, well don't sleep on Kansas either. Let don't me sleep ask you on this. Florida. I, as I was watching the Baylor Wichita State game, I kind of had the thought of there's a subtle difference when you watch teams that are known for their defense and Wichita State's always been known for their defense because again the whole play angry brand and that's not to say they're bad defensively they're good defensively this year I like the team that they have but they don't give you the sense of like dictating the the tone of your offensive possessions they aren't the aggressors defensively and that's not to say that they can't and my question to you is I started thinking about it like what teams in the country can you say that about though because I don't feel like there are a lot of teams right now, I guess, in their defense. Like, Virginia's sort of that, but just by their nature, Virginia has, like, a a passive – I don't know how to explain it – a passive – like, the, the pack line defense isn't something that's going to, like, deny passes and get in your face and pressure the ball and all that. So – but Virginia, when, when Virginia's clicking, they do have that element of, like, dictating the tempo. I think Michigan State's the only answer I can come up with. What are you, what are you smiling about? Because I think I have the answer. What's the answer? It's Miami. It might be Miami, actually. The Miami Hurricanes. If you haven't watched, there, I was. I just wanted to pull it up before I to make sure I was right. They were the fourth best scoring defense in the country right now. And I, we don't like to do stats here, but I've watched them play. Is this on Ken Palm? It, it's not on Ken Palm. This is an actual oh, okay. statistic. I, I I pulled it well, up myself. I don't, I don't care then. I yeah, need you to don't see. care. It doesn't matter. It's not. It's not the uh, the full on analytical approach from uh, the great Ken Palm. Which, my God, I wish I could read him. That that paywall. Yeah. Paywall's holding us back. Uh, yeah, Miami's up there, and SMU is the other team. They're third best in the country. I Those are the SMU two teams. Yeah, SMU had a huge win against USC. Miami does get a little aggressive, but that, that's something to watch this year because I think I feel like every year there are four or five defenses where you look at like West Virginia was one mm-hmm. a great example last year. I don't think West Virginia's defense is good this year, and there's just this element of they they are dictating the thing. The, you know, the one guy who has this is Kyrie Thomas of Creighton. Mm-hmm. He, he has gotten he has reached the point where. People are are like fearing him, and you watch these broadcasts, and you you listen to the announcers talk about him, and his reputation is like bigger than his skill set at this point. And that's not to say I'm not saying he's like overrated, but um, it's it's just very straight. He, he he shut down Josh Perkins, but he's reached the point where it's like, oh shit, Kyrie Irv- or Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Thomas is guarding uh, this guy. We got to watch it. He's, he's going to shut him down. Let's and, be honest. If Kyrie Irving was guarding him, he would score. Yeah, he would score. So. Yeah. Um, I had that thought anyway. But yeah, I think Wichita State's a good team. I just don't think we need to talk about them like they're a small school and, and do this whole brand. That's my whole point. Just, I, I know that. Just treat them, treat them normal. Yeah. That, that's the, the, the fairest thing you could possibly do to them. If you want equality, if you want hashtag equality, just treat them like every other team. Treat and, them like they're Miami. Yeah. And I think they have a very good team. Yeah. I do think they have a very good team. And by the way, Baylor, back to being the, uh, they've now lost, I think, is it two, two in a row? Two in a row, yeah. yeah. Xavier, now Wichita State. 
Scott Drew. I got a question you? for you. Who is, are you, Scott uh, Drew? Is he a good coach? In your opinion? In, uh, in your opinion. You talk about coaching, and if I... yeah, we don't know. We don't know, folks. So We're gonna figure it uh, out. what about the other Kansas team? Uh, yes. the Kansas Jayhawks. I the apostrophe. I famously said on this podcast, uh, I'm not buying what they're selling this year. Critics were loving it. Kansas critics said, and by Kansas critics, I mean like three guys on Twitter said, mm. "How dare you? How dare you say of my beloved Jayhawks, who are ranked number one on Ken Palm, who are rocking and, and chalking." How dare you? So Kansas wins. They beat Syracuse. This was the first game other than Kentucky, I would say, that was like a real test. Like, actually worth watching game. Some would say it was a battle. Yeah. Well, I see what you did there. Thanks. I see what I'll you be did. here all week. We don't need to explain it. I think the people that got it will appreciate it. Battle plays for Syracuse. You, I just said we don't need to explain all right. it. God. I'm sorry. Uh, so I doubted you. Kansas wins 76 to 60. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took them a little while to get it going. Um, I. I had a few of my questions answered, but not all of them. I still feel like Kansas is a little one-dimensional. I still feel like they're basically every night just going to chuck up 33s and hope that at least 10 of them go in. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, they're screwed. Uh, I don't feel like this game disproved that. But, however, I do... If you want to pontificate... I do think uh, they showed me a little more, and like I'm starting to buy into Kansas a little bit more. I, and that's not to say I've ever felt felt like Kansas has a bad team. It's just if we're stacking them up against you know, the Dukes and the Michigan States and the Villanovas of the world, um, I've always been worried that they're just going to... Sh- you know. And what was our biggest worry? At least my biggest worry was Devontae Graham, the yes. apostrophe himself, and he's bounced back. We had our podcast, and since our podcast, our last podcast, he has had 35 points, followed by... 35, 35 points point. against Syracuse, and he basically, Syracuse, I don't know if you've heard but, this, they run a zone, and he beat the zone by basically staying at the top. They got LeGerald Vick to go in at the elbow, and it was a lob city. It this was is all the day. issue, is that Graham scored his points basically by just bombing threes, which is awesome when it's going in, mm-hmm. but sometimes they don't go in, and then what? What's the backup plan, Tate? He's averaging eight assists. That's the backup okay. plan. I, well, I know he's doing well. I'm saying like the team as a, as a team. This is this is my only concern with Kansas. Is yeah. it as a team? If 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 the the concern is that LeGerald Vick is your four man right now because Billy right. Preston. They have they have seven players. Where the hell is Billy? What, are, are we are we going to shift the mystery of Michael Porter to the mystery of Billy Preston? I don't know. I think we have to. We have to. Should we? Yeah. Okay. The mystery of Billy Preston. We'll figure that out some other time. So you have seven players basically. Yes. Three, Seven scholarship players. Three of them are good. That's uh, there's more than three. Three they and have, a half. Three and a half. Uh, three of them are like six one. I'm just like putting these pieces together, and let I, me ask you this: How tall is Mitch Lightfoot? Every time I see question. him, I think that he's six ten, and then I, he's like six three. I don't. I saw him do an alley oop. I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> "What? The, who is that?" He's a big dude. He's big, right? He's big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a big dude. It's I him because it was him and it's uh, mind-boggling. Azubuke and Preston were the three big guys they had. This I understand year, that, but I'm just telling you. Whenever I see him I out there, I think he's a guard. Like I, I see Lightfoot, and I'm like, I think he's a guard. And yeah. then he gets out there, and he's in the post. I I don't know. Um. So Kansas, they, they I watched all this game. By the way, they have a ton of it's great, a ton of a ton of fun. I love. I I mean this seriously. I love Bill Self's uh, two three zone sets. They, I think I thought I felt like Kansas had great set plays against the zone. And not great offense against the zone somehow. Like if they were running set plays, it looked awesome. 
when they were like just trying to figure it out, it became just kind of past it. Like the windshield wiper thing, where you're just wiping, oh, wiping the ball around the arc. Completely outcoached and then Jim Beheim. But self ran enough set plays and got guys in the right position. Yeah, it worked well. And LeGerald Vick had the greatest alley oop of the season. I don't know if self, by the way, let me, let's walk that back. Did self really outcoach Beheim, or is this the, uh, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmy's and Joe's here, Tate? I think he outcoached him. Okay. I, th- I think that he outcoached him by recruiting better players. <laughs> well, I think he outcoached him because he basically just told LeGerald Vick, who I don't think would have ever done this unless he knew how to beat the zone, which is like, we have to get the ball at the elbow and you have to mm. decide. It's a novel concept. Oh, it's, it's easy. <laughs> yeah, but like, right. I've watched Carolina play that Syracuse zone and not figure that out for going right. on five years now. And just the fact that they had already had it set up. LeGerald Vick was basically, I'm taking, I'm turning around, taking one dribble. Either I'm shooting or I'm throwing a lob or I'm kicking it back to Devontae for a three. It's like the triple option. I wasn't, I wasn't making fun of you, by the way. I'm making fun of uh, it. It's, it still blows my mind how people haven't figured out how to beat the zone. That some people don't realize that all this is a high post and short corners. Like that's how you beat every zone ever. I don't know, but it's and still, the only it's still thing worth that you talking about. You know, is Michael Carter Williams because he's so long. That's yeah. why he was. I don't want to get into it because people don't want to hear about Michael Carter Williams. But he was the greatest, the perfect Syracuse. Guy at the top of that zone. So a couple other games I want to talk about, uh, just briefly. Um, I thought this was funny. First of all, Alabama lost to uh, Central Florida. Tough game for Sexton. We we've been giving him yeah. a lot of praise. I mean, he's obviously the probably the number three bad guy on the list. I don't care about that as much as I care about how funny the imagery is of this game <laughs> taking place on the day that the college football bracket was announced, mm. and Alabama got the the last spot, and Central Florida never had a shot at that last spot. Um, but they are undefeated. Yep. And I I don't understand Shout college. Out to Blake I don't understand college football at all. Like if I, college basketball has the best system in the world. I we I, I don't know. We're I don't, lucky. I don't understand. I really don't. And I'm I'm not just frustrated because I'm a Ohio State fan. I I don't care that Ohio State didn't make it in because we're gonna lose by we're gonna lose by ninety to Clemson if we made it into the playoffs. So actually I'm I'm kind of okay with that. It's just listening to these people talk about like what matters and determining who makes it in the playoff. It hurts my brain. I can't comprehend it. They all hard. sound, and then you, and then you like turn on the TV and you're seeing these guys named like Kirby and Boogie and and, and er, Booger. Booger, Booger. I mean, yeah, you got like Booger <laughs> and Kirby and like Dabo and Jimbo, and Jimbo and <laughs> Swamby and <laughs> Jefferbug, and you're like, what? Bubba. <laughs> these are the people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I don't get it. It's like a whole world that I just don't understand. I just like step away. I'm like, I'm, not, I'm just going to choose not to and care about And they talk this. to you like you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like, you feel dumb. You're like, I don't understand that booger. Like, can you pass it to Jimbo and maybe he'll make some sense? You're like, hey, man, I feel like you UCF should maybe, you know, like they went undefeated. Maybe someone should give them a shot at winning a national title. And they're like, no, they didn't play nobody. And you're like, okay, sorry for pointing out they're undefeated. That was my bad. And, and then you're like, well, see, because Bammer played in the SEC now, and the SEC <laughs> is this. And Ohio State lost to 31, and I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know. It just becomes too much. But uh, the fact that Central Florida and basketball beat Alabama on the same day. Kind of sweet. It was, it was, I thought that was pretty funny. Especially because the argument's like, they're two different classes of programs. It's like, well, they just beat them in another sport. In another sport. I uh, just watched it. And I don't, I don't doubt that Alabama has a better football team, but it's just, I don't know. The, 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 the talks about football. We're not sure, though. There's nothing we'll I never know. I, I I make I make the mistake every so often of tweeting college football opinions of mine. Just every, like once every six months, maybe. Don't do it. And then I get looped into these conversations with people. And there's nothing that that kills me more than getting caught into a college football argument because I genuinely do not give a shit because I cannot give a shit at this point. I've run out of shit. I ran out of shits to give. I have no idea what's going on. Um, You're the key character of college, fo- college football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. 
Uh, how about this game? Uh, Seton Hall, 79, Louisville, 77. Mm. Seton Hall is our – so we, we, we are building a queue of teams that we're like – have our eye on, and they're not re- they're not quite into our field of vision yet. Arizona State's in there. They're we're, mm-hmm. we're going to get there eventually. It's like in Twister when they're chasing the storm. We know where it is. Yep, we, we, we see it. It's on the radar. We're, we're tracking yeah. the Arizona State storm. We're tracking the SMU storm. Mm-hmm. We are now tracking the Seton Hall storm. They've beaten Texas Tech. They've beaten Louisville. Uh, they have Desi Rodriguez, very good player. They have your boy. Angel Delgado, oh, double-double yes. machine. Of course. Not as many double-doubles as I'd like this year, but he's trying. No. Um, so Seton Hall, I'll, I'll be honest, I watched them play. They played uh, Indiana. I think that was the only game I watched them play this year. Mm-hmm. And they, they looked pretty good. I mean, Indiana kind of stuck with them for a little bit, and then they pulled away. But uh, It was a big win over Louisville, and I and I kind of I kind of buried the lead here. Uh, after that Purdue loss and then obviously the Seton Hall, they've had back-to-back losses. I messed up my good guy of the week. Oh, you're doing a retro? Okay, go ahead. It's Dave Paget. Ooh. And I know that everyone loves Dave Paget. Well, that's he, the point, because he is a good guy. He's taken over he's after the guy, Patino. Yeah, after the FBI. Like he's gotta come and he's gotta clean up this mess that Patino left. This is a classic, like our team is probably more talented than we're showing on the f- on the floor. But dang, he's a good guy for like what he's done to the He's this a great community. man to keep this thing together. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna get I feel like he's gonna be the real good guy in about six months. But right now, I'm gonna put them on my list. Uh, last game I'm gonna mention, and then we'll move on to some other, some some stories of the of the day. Uh, Pitt beat, beat, beat Duquesne, and the, we what, what we found out is called the City Game. Boy, is terrible, that bad. Name. yeah, terrible name. Don't even have a name. Did Kevin name. Stallings come up with that name? Pitt, I hope Pitt so. beats Duquesne. Uh, I hope the Duquesne Athletic Department is happy. Uh, I campaigned for the job. I did not get the job. I promised I would beat Pitt. Uh, you made your bed, sleep in it. I don't feel sorry for you. I don't feel sorry for you at all. Pitt has won, I think, like three in a row now, by the way. So, do you take back anything you said about Stallings? Nope. No, I, I, no, I don't think not so. at all. I will say this, Duquesne, private university, you could have dropped the bag. I've, why do you think I wanted the job so badly? God. Why do you think I wanted the job so badly? God, uh, this Arizona tea is so good. So, the story of today was Leangelo Ball. Maybe you've heard of him has left UCLA, and I should rephrase that because that was not how it was phrased. It was phrased like this, Tate. LeVar Ball has removed his son, LiAngelo, from UCLA. And my, my, my question, this is the thing that like jumps out to me immediately, is does LiAngelo have any say in what transpires in his life other than I'm going to rob this store? Is that like the only thing he, got to, he gets to decide? Because like what what other what other guy I mean like every, have you ever heard of this before other than other I mean the Connor Fran camp thing I brought that up before that people always say his, his dad was the reason that he left Kansas. Levar Ball lives by idioms and adages that he makes up on his own and he has taken from other places. One of the one of my favorites is speak it into existence. He said Lonzo was going to be the number two pick and go to the Lakers. It happened, folks. He spoke it into existence. This time he said. I'm going to take my ball, and I'm going to go home. Oh, that's a good joke, Tate. And I he's going to go that. pick up his own son, his LiAngelo ball, take him home. His middle ball. Train him he takes in his the middle LeVar ball. ball School of Basketball, the school that has never wavered, that has never been questioned by any NBA franchise other than all 31 other Every single NBA every single franchise, franchise. and I, I said 31 because like I just wanted to throw in a Chinese, like the Beijing Ducks probably questioned it at some point. <laughs> This guy is unbelievable. I can't believe that he doesn't want his kid to go to UCLA. And you know why? He said, why would I have the best shooter on the team sitting on the bench yeah. when he should be starting? Well, 
Maybe don't Maybe rob, make him earn it? I don't know. Maybe don't rob a store in China. I don't know. Maybe try that. Maybe try not starting World War Three, and maybe you get more playing time. That's my suggestion. Maybe try not being so fat. Have you thought about that? Could that's, you imagine how fat he's going to get now without a dietitian and all these other nutritionists, all the stuff that's, like, mapped out? The best thing about a college basketball or, like, a team atmosphere like that is that your life is scheduled out. Yeah. If you're at home with LeVar Ball, like, coming down from, like, his Facebook meeting trying to be like, Hey, Angelo, let's get outside and touch some shots up. It's like, what the hell? Like, how am I going to get better, Dad? You and I differ on how sorry we should feel for LeAngelo. Because I, I feel bad for him. Um, I, I know not. I know that he he sort of brought this on himself by I don't feel bad about the the fallout from the 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 shoplifting thing and the arrest and and that. But again, his his dad is dictating his life. And he had, what, what is he going to do? He's not getting drafted by any NBA teams. I saw th- th- that was the move was a lot of the reporters would, like Jeff Goodman I saw doing, I think Woj was doing it, where they, they reach out to all their NBA scouts that they know, and then they tweet like the, talk to some scouts around the league and ask them what they think about Leandro Ball. Well, it's about Leandro late second-round pick. Yeah. All of them said, no, it's not <laughs> happening. Uh, he's not going, he has he has literally no shot at the NBA. Like, it's, it's, it's even even if the... The shoplifting thing doesn't happen. He's not a good basketball player. There was hope, maybe I guess, that he was going to go to China. Like that, I think that may have been the. I think my theory was always that he was going to go to UCLA for a year. He was going to get pulled out and then like go to China or one of those overseas things and try to build the big baller brand over there somehow. Which I still don't think that would have worked because Chinese leagues you only get like two Americans on each team mm-hmm. and they're not yeah, gonna, they have a cap. Yeah, yeah. they're not going to waste it on Leandro Ball. Um, he and he he certainly can't go to China now after what he did there. Yeah, he got extradited from the what, country. Yeah. He, all, so all China is like the league where it's like still kind of respectable, but the competition sucks, and you can kind of be good. Um, he's not going to go to like any of the relevant leagues. He's going to be playing in Iraq with Marshall Henderson. That's his destiny if he wants to be a professional basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but so, do you feel bad for him at all? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Why not? Because he's a part of a brand. His brother is going to have to carry him. He is the middle child. I mean, it, it's always been tough for the middle kids. Always. I think Lamelo. I think what this really hurts. And it almost. It almost. I'm a middle kid, by the way. Um. So I don't. I'm not buying that. It wasn't tough for me. Well, it usually is. My dad was a middle kid. He, he always told me yeah. it was tough. Oh, well, I'm the middle kid. You know, if it's not. Listen, if it's not tough for me, then obviously it's not tough for <laughs> anyone else. I'm just saying, Leandro was obviously the one that was never. You know, p- pegged as the NBA player anyway. I think the best thing that this opens up is that the UCLA relationship that we worried about. We were worried that the UCLA basketball yeah. program with Alford is tied to the ball brand. Yeah. I think that this has now severed that tie. I don't think Lamelo is going to go to UCLA. I mean, I could be wrong about this. I, I just think it severs the whole deal. Um, Steve Alford. I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Steve Alford got rid of his balls, and in the process, finally got some balls. Think about that. Think about that. He's like the Lance Armstrong he got some of balls. He got some balls by letting his balls go. Mm. 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 Yeah, but you're, you're absolutely right. Like This was the concern was that uh, it was pretty obvious. I mean, Andy Infield tried to do this with Bagley. Was he, he, Andy Infield offered Marvin Bagley and every Bagley 
for the next 30 years scholarships at USC just to get no Marvin lie, I was at the Drew League with Marvin Bagley his mom his his dad was very nice his mom they were at the game to watch Marvin he had his three little brothers with him one of them Mark Titus had to be five years old and I was a- told that the whole family was offered to play basketball a full scholarship at USC to get Marvin Bagley it's a great idea when that is dropping the bag that's dropping the bag big time it's a great idea when the guy, when the Lonzo Ball or the Marvin Bagley is playing on your team and doing great things, and it's exciting and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Five years later, when the shitty guy is now on your team and you're still paying for that price, not not quite as fun. So it's, it's kind of like the holiday exper- experiment, you know, with the with the whole yeah. UCLA thing. Uh, no, Aaron's good. Let's move on to another fun story that you love talking about, Chris Collins. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Northwestern plays at Purdue. Uh, Chris Collins. So what happens? Derek Pardon apparently gets elbowed by Isaac Haas. They get into a little, a little scuffle. A little scuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Collins in the postgame presser says that Derek Pardon was bleeding and was getting stitches as he spoke or something. He was like, "Yeah, this is this was very bad. My player got elbowed. He's bleeding. He's getting stitches. It's so bad." And then Derek Pardon gets interviewed ten minutes later, and he's like, "Wait, what? I." Not only am I not getting stitches, I'm not even bleeding. So, T. Frazier, you always have a spin on the Chris Collins situation. You're 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 always ahead of whatever's happening with Chris Collins. What what move is this? Where? What is he pulling out of his bag by 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 uh, doing this? This is the separate but equal incident clause in the Chris Collins contract, okay. which is yes, there could be a wrong that occurred. But there was another wrong, and two wrongs don't make it right, and both of our guys are struggling right now. Mm-hmm. The way that it was set up without Pardon being back, getting stitched up, is we're in a, we're in a situation where Isaac Haas has gotten wrecked by my player, Derek Pardon, mm-hmm. and he is not taking any shots, so therefore he is the one in the wrong. If I fabricate a story and I add that he is getting stitches, then both guys are hurt. No, no one's asking any questions. It, it hurt both sides. Everyone's implicated. Everyone's involved. So basically, it's, it's, it's a way to lessen the blow. It's a, it's a mind game. It's, it's a what, narrative. It's kind of what Mick Cronin did. You bring up the the other guy. You kind of just like muddy the waters. You're like, yeah, there's some stuff going on here. We, we did lose. Because I should mention, Northwestern lost the game. Does he pull this move if Northwestern wins? Absolutely not. You know mm-hmm. what he talks about? I'm glad I got back on good terms with myself. I know I'm a better coach than I have been the past mm-hmm. few games, and I'm, and I'm glad to get back out there and get this team righted. You know who's not talking about himself right now? Chris Collins. He's talking about a lot of other things. Interesting. Still a good guy. Uh, another coach you love. I don't know if you saw this either. Patrick Ewing is undefeated. Yes. We we that is not the surprise. Georgetown has, I think, literally the worst schedule in the country. I'm pretty sure Georgetown played up the road at like a LA Fitness and beat yes. a team. It was just a pickup game. I think they have the number one uh, easiest schedule in the country. Three hundred and fifty. <laughs> however, yes. however. They are undefeated, and in the eyes of at least one AP voter, that is enough for them to be in the top 25. Your boy, Patrick Ewing, is getting AP votes. What a, what a time to be alive. What Tate. a time. And we joked, or maybe I joked, that, Chris, that uh, Pat Ewing would have one full year to run it out, and then the Georgetown, they would just completely revamp and rehaul and do everything and basically be the end of the Thompson era of basketball there. But I don't want it to end. I want the old Big East to be there, and I want Pat Ewing. Oh, I love the old Big East. You just you bring it up oh. just made me think of this. Do you remember when those old Big East games, when like 
Syracuse and Georgetown would just oh my god do you just remember those games line. yeah like we talk about Cincinnati Xavier I mean you want to see some fights you want to see some men being men that's when men were men was the old Big East that's Jim Beheim's rivalry oh my god do you remember like like the St. John's game like those St. John's teams back in the day in the Garden in the Garden like like you go on on any night like it's it gets cold out in New York City right mm-hmm. and then like on a January on a Tuesday in January you go to the Garden to watch St. John's you go into you step into that jungle. Oh my God! It's over. Don't even, like don't. You might as well not even try to win. It's you it can't. It can't be done, Tate. It can't be done. It can't be done. Some games to watch this week. <laughs> God, I love the old biggies. Love I, the old biggies. I just got lost in I, thought. I yeah. got I got goosebumps. I need to take a swig of my Arizona. I got to go iced watch tea. Mitch Richmond highlights for the next hour before I can get over this uh, this whole thing. Some games to watch this week. Tuesday, Villanova Gonzaga. That is the game of the, of the week. Gonzaga is in New York, in New York City, in the Garden, where they played the old big. Oh my God! It all comes full circle. Gonzaga, Gonzaga is always great in the Garden. Are they? Yes. Do we have historical proof of this? Yes, I was at a game in 2008. Josh Heitfeld. Oh, so you said <laughs> tour up? Is this North a, Carolina? Is this a one-time? Th- okay, there it is. That's okay. Continue your thought. Well, tour them up. You said you said that they're always great in the Garden. No, I was no, thinking, no. Is I've there seen more them, than one time? No, I've it seen like, them twice. I saw them in 2003, against going North into the 2004 season against North Carolina. I don't think they played uh, North Carolina. They're on the other side of the bracket. But I did see the whole Georgia Tech team. Uh, this is when they had Cincher, uh, that whole squad, B.J. Elder. We all, we all saw them at the NBA store, and uh, Luke Cincher was picking out his uniform. Very great. Very you're the, cool. You're the guy who, after the uh, Weber State beat North Carolina in that tournament in the, 90, in the NCAA tournament in the 90s, you're probably, you know, like three years later, you're probably like, yeah, Weber State always has a great team. Always has a great team. Have you ever heard of Dame Lillard? That is true. Yeah. There's a Weber State. Weber State. It's Weber State. Yeah. It's Weber. not Chris Weber's team. But it's isn't doesn't Bruce Weber have I'm, I'm Bruce Weber is one B, Chris Weber is two B's, and Weber Lonzo State. Ball is three B's. <laughs> so Villanova's playing Gonzaga. <laughs> it's gonna be a good game. It is gonna be a good game. Villanova, yes. we we both feel if they're not I feel like they're the second best team in the country. You feel like they're the best team in the country. Gonzaga's gonna I kind of think Gonzaga's going to win. I think Gonzaga is... I love the garden. <laughs> Gonzaga's cooking right now. Gonzaga, the question for me is, uh, does Villanova have the horses, the big guys, to, to hang with Gonzaga? But they're going to foul Spellman out, and it's yeah. going to... I really love Tilly this and Phil- Williams. Yeah, yeah. I love Tilly and Williams. <laughs> Williams is great. Very uh, underrated. Another So that's 7 Eastern on ESPN. Uh, also at 7 Eastern on ESPNU is Virginia versus West Virginia. Uh, Kyle Guy... Can't say enough Our good things guy. about him. West Virginia, not quite as good as what we hoped, but they they are sort of still hovering as like a decent team. They're gonna they're gonna bounce back in the big. Who's 12 the field. youngest guy on West Virginia? If you just had to guess their age, I mean, I would say twenty six. Yeah, twenty definitely. Yeah, it's mid twenties. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Also Tuesday night, Texas A and M plays Arizona and Phoenix, and everyone's kind of counting out Arizona, but Raleigh Hawkins is back, mm-hmm. and. This is going to be a classic case of Arizona if they can pull out this win, which is going to be a great game because Texas A&M has probably the second best front court in the country behind Duke, maybe the best if you want to get crazy with it and say like or make the depth argument, maybe say like Marcus Bolden kind of drags Duke down and maybe that makes Texas A&M better. But like just to give you an I'm idea, I'm going to say Michigan State has the best in the country, and I, I know that's not popular. It's all right. I'll That's keep not it to popular. myself. I don't like that. I don't like that call. Michigan State's I'll give you number three for Nick that. Ward. I I'm Nick, very underrated. But Nick Ward and, and Jackson are like basically one player. You have to like morph them into one player because they both play about half the game. And they're not 
But I see what you're saying. Yeah, they're, they're probably number three. Point is, Texas A&M has a great front court. Yes. Arizona has a great uh, big man in DeAndre Aiden. Are they going to say great bag man? Yeah, great bag man. They have fallen off, obviously. They lost three in a row in the Bahamas. People are counting them out. But this is a classic case of Raleigh Hawkins is back. Arizona, if they can pull out this win, get hot, this start winning some Alonzo games. This is Trier, 31 points. They win the game. And then what happens is uh, you do the thing where you say, well, this is our full team. Those games in the Bahamas don't count. We didn't have Raleigh Hawkins. Since he's come back, we're a completely different team. Give us our one seed that we deserve. Yeah. So we can go to the Elite Eight. And finally lose. And lose again. So, uh, yeah, the, the, is, isn't this what happened last year with UCLA? Did, well, didn't like Trier come back at UCLA? Yes. And that was like his first game back. It was a and huge game. Kobe yes. Simmons was killing that game. And then that kind of we started. We were supposed the, to be at that game. Yeah, we were. What happened? People forget. Mm. Yeah. What happened? We didn't have we didn't have Arizona iced tea dropping the bag to pay for us. Oh, man. Mm. Sweet game, sweet taste. God, this is great. The great thing about 23 ounces is it lasts the entire recording of the pod. You know what I mean? You don't run out. It's, it's a great number. Another game, Thursday, Iowa at Iowa State. Uh, probably don't care. Both teams aren't that good, but this game always – it's at Iowa State. I think the last time it was Ames, at Iowa, Iowa. State yeah. was the uh, the infamous rushing of the f- floor where Seth Davis clutched the pearls and said, <laughs> we have to put a stop to this. A reporter broke his leg, and then everyone said – It was a wire, right? It was a yeah, wire he trip. Tripped over, yeah. He tripped over a television wire, and the rushing of the court had nothing to do with the guy breaking his leg. So I just want to bring that up. But that, that's, Another that is, example where athletes should just be journalists, so we don't have to if, deal with this. If you're, boring, if you're bored on a Thursday night at 8 Eastern, uh, Iowa is playing Iowa State. That is always a fun rivalry game. Uh, neither team is as good as they usually are, but – It'll be a fun game. I will say this about the state of Iowa. It's a great basketball state that's very underrated for their basketball fans. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Friday, Oklahoma, USC in Staples Center, 1030 Eastern. Tate and I are trying to go. Arizona Ice Tea is going to come through for us, um, drop the bag, get us some tickets. We might be going to that game, possibly. We don't know yet. But, if you know uh, any Jordan brand sponsors, Trey Young, any friends of Blake Griffin. USC is on the slide right now. Not playing particularly well. Trey Young is playing particularly well for Oklahoma. Going to be a good one. Can he be the newcomer of the year or whatever that award is for the freshman of the year and then Marvin Bagley win player of the year? Mm. Is so that do, possible? Do a move like sort of uh, in 2 I want to say, where Jay Williams was national player of the year and Juan Dixon was ACC player of the year. Where it's yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. is that even possible? Yeah. That like kind of hurts hurts my brain to think. Yeah. I think you're. I think you're onto something. Like Trey Young is freshman of the year, but Bagley's the best but player Bagley's in the country. Bagley's national player of the year. Yeah, I could see that happening actually. Because Bagley, it's like to class him in a freshman is to disrespect what he's doing in college basketball right now. I would yeah. say personally. Yeah. Um, one more thing before we go, I want to give a shout out to our our coworker Jim Cunningham. Yes. Um, producer Jim Cunningham. Producer, yeah, he produced this pod a couple. Well, he produced the teed up for like a day and a half one time. He's yes. a fill-in. He's a standing. So our buddy Jim, uh, he works here at the Ringer. Awesome dude. Uh, one of the funniest guys I've ever met in my life. Um, he does a show Tate and I went to called Tom Gun Live. You didn't I, miss, yeah, we didn't mispronounce that. Tom Gun. It's, it's called Tom Gun Live. Tom Cruise centric, but it's basically Top Gun. Plays it all out. We do a couple little sketches and sketch, uh, sketches about sketches. So the whole the whole show is that they basically act out the entire movie Top Gun mm-hmm. but they do it in a very shitty hilarious way and um with we a group of guys you know a lot of them from Wilmington North Carolina a, a beautiful place a beautiful town that used to make movies and magic okay, happened yeah it was do a very fun w- show so if you're, I, I'm going to give him a plug and say if you live in the Los Angeles area look up Tom Gun Live because it's a great show I'm not saying this because we work with him because 
God knows if it was a bad show, I would make fun of Jim to his face and not say anything about it. But it was an awesome show. It was hilarious. Uh, they picked Producer somebody, Kyle was there with us. We had a pick, whole crew. They picked somebody out of the audience, and you get to be Tom Cruise. That You get to play the Tom Cruise Maverick role. Um, Jim, Jim, our buddy, uh, our coworker, plays Iceman. He has these big fake teeth. Val Kilmer for people that don't know. He has these fake know. teeth. He's got the hair going. He paints on the six pack. It's, it's awesome. It's a great show, so you should check it out. Speaking of Producer Kyle, did you hear about his dilemma that he has going on? No, what's going we on? We have Kyle? the Ringer holiday party coming up. Wow! Um, in a couple of weeks, producer Kyle wants to bring his friend. He gets a plus one. He says, "I don't think I get a plus one. I don't think I did either." You, by the you way. know that I, 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 I don't know if I got invited. I'm going to put this out there. I did not get invited to the Christmas party last year, nor was I told that it was going to be outside in freezing degree weather. So I went in a normal. Oh my god! Sweater. This is the this it is the terrible. big secret about LA is that it's not as warm out here as it's what you cold, think it folks. is. It's, it's actually kind of cold. I've been wearing. It's Forty-five I packed, degrees. You should see what I packed at my at the place I'm staying. I have this huge bag of tank tops and short shorts. Mark Titus looks like a Beach Boy reject yeah. if you look at his uh, his whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> I brought two two sweatshirts for like three months of living out here, and it's it's not going well. It's not going well at all. It gets a little colder at night than I anticipated. Ask some questions. Anyway, producer Kyle gets a plus one to the uh, the ringer party. Yes, and he asked me. He goes, "Do you think it would be okay if I brought a friend?" with my plus one. And I said, what kind of question is that? And he goes, well, I think everyone else is bringing their wives or girlfriends or a date or something. Is it, is it like tacky to bring a friend as a plus one? I don't want to give off vibes that I lean a certain direction with my certain preferences. And I just stared at him. I was like, what are you talking about? Of course it's okay. Do you agree with that? It's okay. I I thought you said, of course you're gay. What do you What? It wasn't that funny. Guys. Wait, what? It wasn't that funny. <laughs> no, so, I think uh, let's I, help our buddy out. Is yes, it, I think it is. I think it's fine. I think I think it's great. I, I don't I don't see why it's a problem, but I also see the whole. I can see the dilemma that comes into play with someone who feels the other way about it. No, it's, there's it's, no I, other way. This to me screamed of the another difference between. You you coastal elites out here in Los Angeles and the real salt of the earth people, my people in the Midwest, you just you you bring a plus one. That means plus one person. Mm. It doesn't it doesn't mean like whoever you bring, we're going to assume that you're having sex with that person. No one does that. Who does that? You just, you just bring, you get to bring one person. I've brought my brother to plus one things. I've brought my dad to plus one things. Could bring the shucker. You could bring anyone. I brought, yeah, the shucker. <laughs> Larry David brings his shucker. Um. I don't know. I didn't see this as a problem, but I just I just thought this was another, you know, I had the misunderstanding. If those of you have listened to the pod, I had the misunderstanding with the steak dinner and the LA thing, and I'm like learning how life you, in Los if, Angeles if works. If you have any advice for producer Kyle and what he should do, I mean, just let us know because we, we want to help Kyle out. Kyle, I mean, do you have Basically, anything? Kyle just wants to, yeah. he has a good friend. He's like, I am not seeing anybody right now. I'm a single man. I would rather bring my good buddy here and have fun at this and party have fun. with my friend. And yeah. I see no problem in this, but and he doesn't want to be judged. Well, and it's also this weird thing if you have a date and you're at a plus one and it's a first date, it's like not only do I have to cater to you and what you're about, now I have to introduce you to my Dude, whole first world. date. Oh, first date definitely oh, do not do that. Exactly. That's all oh. I'm going to say is exactly. Do not do a first that is date. Terrible. First date would be very bad, and it's and it sounds like it's going to have to be a first date if it's a woman because Kyle's single, right? So yeah, just bring up bring it, dude. I don't see the problem. I don't know. Plus, if I brought a date, she would have witnessed everyone asking who I am. And I don't want people to know that. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're like, listen to the Bill Simmons podcast. The guy has bed bugs and uh, yeah, doesn't have a and car. He has none of that. He's a great producer. Kyle, we're, we have your back. We'll, right. we'll figure so, out the answer. I, I just wanted to pose the question to you, too, because, yeah, it was very confusing to me. So, 
Anyway, it's LA thing. Uh, we'll be back Friday. Are we coming back? Are we? Are we? We're going to the game Friday though. How are we going to do this? We're going to do it. We're going to record Friday afternoon yeah, and yeah. then go to the go to the yeah. USC Oklahoma. God, I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, we'll be back Friday with the pod. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. Subscribe if you haven't already. Tell your friends if you haven't already. Uh, find some friends if you haven't already to tell. Have friends. Or they can be your, your plus, plus one, one to parties. Right. Yes. Uh, five star reviews if you love the podcast. Please hit us up on Twitter because Tate and I we only ever hear from the people that hate us. Um, it'd be nice, you know, sometimes if you're like, hey, excellent like the point. show. That was a great take you had. Yeah. Or hey, Tate, you no, can do all, better. I'm gonna be serious. In all seriousness, we, we love we love interacting with with people. We love uh, seeing feedback. That's you know, if you, if you haven't picked up on it by now, we we just love having fun about college, talking about college basketball. So if you do too, uh, send us something. We probably won't respond to your tweet, but we'll favorite it or whatever, and say like, hey. And I if read you this, really like this it. podcast. Go over to your phone right now. Open up the JJ Reddick podcast, and there's a little button there. And if you've already subscribed, hit unsubscribe, <laughs> and then go back to the main page and go down to charts, and then find One Shining Podcast and hit subscribe. This and is maybe really, give us a rating. This is driving Tate nuts that JJ Reddick is ranked higher than him. Come on, people, but, help us um, out. Yeah. So if you love the podcast, let us know. If you don't, uh, his his Twitter handle is at Tate Frazier. Let him know, and uh, he'll be able to. Handle your complaints. God, this tea is good. So, thank you to Arizona Ice Tea for dropping the bag. Uh, until next time, save the crew. I don't think anyone can save them. Cut that, Kyle. <laughs>